Welcome back to the FFP. Thank you so much for joining us here today for our week nine start sit video. Me and Rob are going to take turns covering every NFL game from this week and giving you a rundown of everything that you're going to need to know to make the right start sits and to hopefully get a win this week, help push you over that edge. As always, Rob will be taking the first game, and I'll just do a quick rundown for those of you who aren't used to what we do here at the FFP. There will be timestamps down in the description below. You can, as always, feel free to leave a comment. We'll try our best to get around to it if you have any additional questions. And if we don't talk about a guy, you can safely assume to sit him. We're giving out this advice to people in vastly different leagues from standard to PPR, large leagues to small, two quarterback to not flex play, all sorts of different things. So make sure to contextualize this for your league scoring and your setting. All this information is useful but nothing replaces good old-fashioned football knowledge and just knowing what league you're in and kind of the specific situations you have to work with as always i'm going to try my best not to waste some time so i'm going to pass it over to rob who as always handles the first game and let's just get right into it with everything that you guys need to know this week let's kick it off with our thursday night game there the 49ers versus the cardinals i'm sorry jimmy garoppolo at quarterback is he a guy that you should play in fantasy this week well for the year he's only thrown for 212 passing yards per game and 1.3 passing touchdowns per game but he does have a great matchup he's playing the cardinals getting up the most points to quarterbacks this is a great matchup but i tell you what i would still sit him unless you're in a two quarterback league and here's why one he doesn't need to throw off and the reason why is that defense is excellent on year they're only allowed 11 points per game another reason they have a great running game they're second in the nfl right now at 181 rushing yards per game and 13 rushing touchdowns and that's in just seven games there they love to run the ball, and they love to play stifling defense. Also, Jimmy Garoppolo, in his career, for being very honest, uh, he hasn't been a statistical giant. Just hasn't been a great uh, fantasy quarterback, as you would say. Finally, other than Sanders, that wide receiver, his wide receivers aren't that good. And all this kind of lowers his ceiling, so I wouldn't start him unless you have to or if you're in a two-quarterback lead. What about running backs there? There's a lot of running backs for San Francisco. Let's start with Tevin Coleman. So looking at uh, Matt Breida. Uh, Matt Breida looks like he's going to be banged up and he might be questionable for the game there. And that adds value to Tevin Coleman in this one. Now, we've said in many videos before that Coleman will probably become their lead back. And the reason why he's the biggest of all their backs are the four backs you talk about, Mostart, Wilson, Matt himself. Uh, he's the biggest there. Now, since his return in four weeks, he's had five rushing touchdowns and one receiving touchdown. He's averaging over 16 carries per game in his return. Now, the Cardinals allowed 4.63 yards per carry to lead backs this year. So lead backs are doing pretty well against the Cardinals. Now, the downside of this uh, backfield situation here is that uh, they have four solid backs, and they, they'll spread those touches out quite a bit. But here's my thought. With a quick turnaround on Thursday night with a lot of those running backs banged up, I suspect that Matt um, could be limited in this game, making Tevin Coleman a really solid running back to start this week. I would definitely play him. I think that he's a guy that you've got to start. Um, Matt Breida. So in the last three games, he's having just 35 rushing yards per game and a 3.3 yards per carry. The problem with this guy, he's explosive. Every time he touches the ball, he's a home run threat. He's very talented there. Uh, another concern I have is look at Wilson. Wilson had a head injury. Uh, Mostard is limited or looks like he hasn't practiced this week. The whole backfield is kind of banged up at this point. So when I look at besides Tevin Coleman, there's another running back there that you could play and trust. Um, Personally, I wouldn't trust any back right now for San Francisco other than Tevin Coleman. Uh, now, the situation could clear up by Thursday. Injury reports could come out, and maybe there's a guy there that you feel like you could roll with. But at this point, they all carry a risk. The only one I would even think about starting is Tevin Coleman. What about wide receivers? Start with Emmanuel Sanders. First game with the 49ers there, he had a touchdown. He's clearly their best and number one wide receiver, hands down. It's not even close. This week, you'll probably see a lot of Patrick Peterson. I'll most likely shadow Sanders there. Now, in the last two weeks versus the Cardinals, Patrick Peterson, Golden Tate, and Michael Thomas, the opposing number one wide receivers, uh, they thrive versus the Cardinals. 
but Emmanuel Sanders obviously is no Michael Thomas. Still, I think he's a guy that uh, you could look at this week. Now, typically in games, I don't think that uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to have a lot of targets since they rarely play from behind. But I think this week he can be started as a wide receiver three in what I would call mid to large size leagues. I would sit all their wide receivers. There's George Kittle. Uh, currently, according to Pro Football Focus, he's receiving the number one rating tight end wise, best tight end out there. This guy's a stud tight end. He's top five every week. You've got to play this guy. It's an all brainer. Play George Kittle. Then there's Kicker Gould. He's averaging nine fantasy points per game this year. I think he's a solid start in this one. I would play Gould. And then San Francisco's defense, you got to play them. Uh, they're having a phenomenal year there. They're averaging 14.5 fantasy points per game. They're second in the NFL, only allowing 11 points per game. They're first in yards allowed. They're only allowing 224 yards per game. Total yards, that's crazy good. So, And then add to that, they're playing a rookie quarterback. you got to start San Francisco defense in this one. Let's go to uh, Arizona there. Kyler Murray, uh, he's looked great. He looked very good against Cincinnati and a lot of his defenses, but those defenses are not good. Last week, he had an opportunity to face a good defense in the Saints, uh, and he struggled. He's a great young quarterback, very talented, great future, but he's still a rookie, and he's going to struggle against certain things. Now he's playing the 49ers, allowing the second fewest points to quarterbacks. They're allowing just 162 passing yards per game and 9.5 fantasy points per game to quarterbacks. Uh, this is a great defense. You need to sit the rookie quarterback. I know a lot of you guys like this. I know you like Kyle Murray, but I think it's a mistake if you play him. As far as running backs go, uh, Chase Edmonds is doubtful. And from reports, it sounds like David Johnson, ankle and back, is most likely going to miss another week. They just traded for Kenyon Drake. Now, um, when they did that, it's a pretty strong indication. One, they're thin at that position. They feel like they need some backup. It tells you that probably Chase uh, Edwards and David Johnson are not going to be ready for the game. So uh, could you play Kenyon Drake in that role? A couple things there. One, Drake just arrived. He's still learning the playbook, and he's facing a great defense. Uh, I would not use. In fact, I would stay away from that whole backfield if you can avoid, if you can do that. Um, if you've got to play one, I suppose you could play Kenyon Drake, but I would only do that one if David Johnson sits, which I think he's going to, and only in PPR league scoring. As far as wide receivers go, i got Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, San Francisco allows the second fewest points to wide receivers. After a strong first two weeks, he's really cooled off. Back the last two weeks, one week he had one catch for 12 yards and then two catches for eight yards. I would sit Larry Fitzgerald. Then you have Christian Kirk. When he's played a full game, he has dominated targets. In fact, in the four full games that he's played, he's had 43 targets. This matchup is brutal. This matchup is tough for him. But I think he's going to get volume in this game as they have to play from behind. So I think he's going to see a lot of targets. The yards may not be high. They may not be there per se. But I think a game of 10 targets, 7 catches for maybe 70, 75 yards is within reach. So you could start him as a wide receiver 3 in PPR league scoring. As far as the tight ends for the cards, kicker and their defense, I would sit the cards, tight end, kicker, and defense in this one. All right. The first game I'll be handling this week is the Texans versus the Jaguars. Let's start off with the Texans and Deshaun Watson. I'm going to have to say probably avoid playing Deshaun Watson this week. He's a very inconsistent quarterback. Um, in every single game this season, he's either had three or more passing touchdowns or one or less. There's really no in-between with this guy. He's either having a bad week or a great week. And so for that reason, there's already some uncomfortability. But then you throw in the fact that Will Fuller is doubtful to play this week with that hamstring issue. And the last time he played the Jacksonville Jaguars. He threw for just 159 passing yards and zero touchdowns in a 13 to 12 win. For those reasons all around, I'm going to have to say avoid playing Deshaun Watson this week if you can. If you have to play him, it's not the worst thing in the world, but this is far from a great matchup. As far as the running backs go, Carlos Hyde is really the only running back for the Texans that I would consider playing this week. Um, but even then, it's not a great situation. Hopefully, you've got some bench depth. Hopefully, you've got somebody on the waiver wire, some better options out there. And here's why. Not only the Jacksonville Jaguars give the ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs, but get this. 
The Jags have held Alvin Kamara, Latavius Murray, Joe Mixon, and Le'Veon Bell out of the end zone in just the last three weeks. The three weeks they have, last three weeks, they've been very dominant against some very good running backs. And for those reasons, uh, in this tough matchup, Carlos Hyde, who's really a standard league, touchdown dependent guy, hasn't been phenomenal. I would avoid him this week if you can. But as always, I'd say you can play him if you're desperate. I know the running back position is just so, so thin at this point. Moving on now to the wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins is a must start. I think some people were worried because he had a couple of, he had a stretch of probably three games there where he was less than phenomenal and people were very concerned about him, but he's back to his normal self. He's got back-to-back 100-yard games. And in that stretch where people were concerned about his so-called bad play, really a lot of that came down to game script and maybe just a couple of bad weeks. One of the weeks where people were disappointed in his play, he still had 88 receiving yards in a game where they won by 21 points over the Atlanta Falcons. Do you really expect a wide receiver to need to go over 100 yards in the game where you blew out the Falcons? Absolutely not. So yeah, that wasn't a great fantasy stretch for him, but he's absolutely fine. He's back to normal. Now, Will Fuller is, as I mentioned earlier, doubtful this week with a hamstring. And I would agree with that assessment and the phrase doubtful pretty much sums up that yes, there's a chance he could play. I'm assuming he won't be playing this week. However, we will update you on our Friday injury update video if anything has changed. This makes Kenny Stills what you would think would be a great option. I think Kenny Stills is a plug-and-play, flex play, or wide receiver three. Nothing more than that. I'm actually not a huge fan of him, and here's why. Last week with Will Fuller out, it was supposed to be a good week for him and a great matchup, but he had just five targets, three catches, and 22 yards. Now the week before, he had five targets, four catches, and 102 yards. 102 yards is great, but he still had just five targets. He managed to get four catches out of it. The fact of the matter is he's just simply not as good of a wide receiver as Will Fuller is. And you accept a lot of risk when you put him in your fantasy lineup. So I don't love him this week. I would maybe stop, look around, see if you got some better wide receiver options. If Will Fuller is out, he is playable, but not great. That seems to be the trend for this game. Playable, but not great as far as the fantasy value of these Texans guys go. Tight end Darren Fells. He's got four touchdowns in the last four games, but he's averaging just four catches and 43 yards a game over that same span. For me, he comes in as a tight end 9 to 15 in that range. Not a great start, but certainly a start that you can play. Really more of a touchdown guy, of course. And the Jags do give the 15th fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Makes them about average against tight ends. <clears throat> Excuse me, we'll continue on with kicker Kaimi Fairbairn. Now, he scored 10-plus points in three of the last four games. He started the year very much struggling as a kicker, not having a whole lot of fantasy value. But in those first four games of the season, his best of those first four was against the Jaguars. So for whatever reason, I guess the Jaguars aren't great against, I guess, the Texans game screen, whatever it might be. Could be a very good matchup this week again. He's been playing better lately, and his best game in that four-game stretch was against the Jaguars. So I'd play him this week, and I would sit the Texans defense. Excuse me, I got a rough throat. I feel like I'm mumbling my way through this, but we'll continue forward now. Talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars side of the ball and Gardner Minshew coming off a week where he had his first three touchdown passing game of his career. He didn't just have three touchdown passes. He looked good doing it. He looked very athletic. I talked about in our waiver wire video. He was buying time in the pocket. He was avoiding sacks. He was scrambling and he was doing it while still keeping his head up field and actually managed to connect with Chris Conley for a nice touchdown. You combine that with the fact that the Texans give up the fifth most fantasy points to quarterbacks, I'm going to say Gardner Minshew is a good start this week. Leonard Fournette is another good start. The Texans give up the 12th fewest fantasy points to running backs, but that's not a major concern. Again, at a thin running back position, you don't have a lot to pick through. Plus, over the last four weeks, Leonard Fournette has been phenomenal. His pace over the last four weeks has been so great that over 16 games, he would have just shy of 2,000 rushing yards, not just 
rushing and receiving, just rushing. So that, I mean, that's really how great he has been. Now the Texans given up just two, or excuse me, the Jaguars given just two rushing touchdowns all year. One was to Latavius Murray. The other one was to Christian McCaffrey. So they are good against the run, but I still think you have to play Leonard Fournette this week. He has been great. DJ Chark is a must start. Six touchdowns in eight games. Absolutely got to play this guy especially when you consider the Texans have been the single most fantasy points to wide receivers this season. D.D. Westbrook is questionable. Here's what we know right now. He was forced to leave during last week's game versus the Jets with some neck and shoulder issues and did not return. He is questionable. I don't think he's going to play, but that's what our Friday update video is for. I will say no more on that. Chris Conley had 103 yards and a touchdown last week with Westbrook out. The week before, he had three catches, 83 yards, and a two-point conversion. And first two games of the season, Conley looked pretty good. So if Westbrook is out, I think Chris Conley comes in as a solid wide receiver three play. As far as their tight ends go, I would sit all Jaguars tight ends, excuse me, and I would start kicker Josh Lambeau. Not a great play, but a pretty good play this week. And I think you got to start the Jaguars defense. Get this. They have 29 sacks on the season. That's pretty good. But over the last four games, they have 16 sacks. That's four sacks a game. And over the last two games, they have seven turnovers. They have looked great. So I actually like that Jaguars defense against a very inconsistent Texans offense. And that is my wrap-up for this week. I will pass it back to Rob. The next game is going to be the Redskins versus the Bills. Not a very exciting game. I don't think a lot of you going to watch this one, but let's talk about there are some fantasy value here, and we'll have to take a look at that. So let's just take a look at uh, Case Keenan. Before we do that, though, I just want to qualify by saying this. This offense has no value when Haskins is at quarterback. Uh, it was at the Vikings game. We saw really a tail two halves there. First half, Case Keenan actually moved the ball. They looked okay. Second half, they came out. He had a concussion. Haskins took over, and it was a mess. That guy's just not ready for the NFL right now. So if he plays or someone else gets injured, um, I would probably sit almost every player for Washington right now. So with Case Keenum. Okay, right now he's in concussion protocol as of Monday, so we're going to have to monitor that situation. Coach Bill Callahan has come out and stated that Keenum will remain the starter if he's healthy in week nine. He'll be the starter that they'll roll out. Now they play the Bills defense right now. They're currently fifth in team defense. They're only allowing 17.4 points per game. They're third in pass defense. That Bills defense is only allowing 194 passing yards per game. And now they face an inept Skins offense. That Skins offense is 30th in the NFL. They only scored 12.4 points per game. So you got a great defense versus a terrible offense. Sit Case Keenum and definitely sit Haskins if he plays. Let's get Adrian Peterson in this one. The uh, Bills are allowing the 11th most points, I'm sorry, the 11th fewest points to running backs. Now, since interim coach took over, he really promised that they'd be committed to the run. He said, I don't care about efficiency. I think we're going to be consistent, continue to run the ball. He's done exactly that. And they've done it with some success, actually. Now, Pearson has looked very strong during that stretch. One of the boosts they're going to get, of course, is uh, the Pro Bowl offensive lineman returned to the team today, Williams, so that should help the offensive line there. During that stretch that they've been committed to the run since the interim coach took over, Adrian's had 57 carries for 278 yards, and that's not just a volume play. He's actually been very efficient. During that time, he's at a 4.83 yards per carry. That's really strong numbers. During that same stretch, he's been excellent. Um, in fact, his yards after contact have been very good at 3.39 yards after contact. So he's been very efficient. He's running well. He looks like he's young again. Looks like Adrian Peterson of his 20s. He's also had four catches during those games, which aren't great numbers in the passing game. They show that at least leave him out there on some passing downs that add value to his game. All those three games since the interim coach, coach took over, um, two of those three games against some really solid run defense. He faced San Francisco and Minnesota. So those numbers, once again, he's not just turned that out against a bad run defense. Those are solid run defense, still playing very well. He's a clear lead back. He's going to get a bulk of the carries there. So I would start him as a low-end running back, too. Um, he's got lower value in PPR leagues. In PPR leagues, he runs closer to a what I would call a running back three in this one. 
Uh, wide receiver Terry McLaurin um, looked great with Case Keenum at quarterback the first half against the Vikings. He was actually on pace to finish with 10 targets, 8 catches, and 78 yards in the first half. And I assume those targets will go up in the second half because they're playing from behind. Of course, as you know, uh, Case Keenum leaves the game. Haskin comes in, and he uh, doesn't get one more catch the rest of the game there. looked bad. In fact, the one time he did target him turns out to be an interception. They play the Bills, allowing the 11th fewest points to wide receivers. And this week, Terry's going to face a very good cover corner in white. So I'd really sit him unless you play in leagues that are very, very large that require you to start three wide receivers. But if you can afford it, sit Terry McLaurin in this game. So all the wide receivers in this game. And also, I would sit the Washington uh, defense, tight end, and the kicker in this one. As far as uh, Josh Allen go, play uh, Washington along the 14th fewest points of quarterbacks. Now, minus one game versus the Patriots. Um, he's done pretty well. He did struggle quite a bit versus the Patriots. But then again, everybody that's played the Patriots defense has struggled in this one. Minus that one game. He's averaging 21 fantasy points per game. He had 24 points last weekend there. We also say he's going to get a major boost with Devin Singletary coming back. Devin Singletary's got good hands. He's really good in the passing game. He's great in space. Contributed, he actually had a receiving touchdown versus the Eagles. This week, we have Josh Allen fluctuating his quarterback rating between his ranking between the 11 to 13 range based on your scoring system. So he's definitely a guy that I think that you can play. He's got some upside. The one concern I have for Josh Allen in this game is I'm concerned with the Bills defense combined with the bad skins offense. Um, it's going to put a lower scoring game down there. It's going to lower the over under, much like the Vikings game where Kurt Cousins need to, didn't need to do much. I think Josh Allen may not need to do much either in this one there. So that is the one concern that I do have. As far as running backs go for the Bills, look at Devin Singletary. Frank Gore is and will continue to dominate early down carries in this one. Versus the skins, getting up these six most points to running backs. Now seven to uh, Singletary, like we mentioned. Uh, he's got good hands, and he's going to always out-target Frank Gore in the passing game. Although his touches haven't been that great. Right now, in the full games that Devin Singletary has played, he's only averaging 7.6 um, touches per game there. Now, I do expect that's going to go up. He's far too talented to not see that number go up. He's going to get utilized more in these games. I expect in this one, he'll get about 10 to 12 touches in this game. question is, 10 to 12 touches enough to warrant a start in this game? Well, here's what I'd say. I think he could be a flex play in PPR leagues. But until we see a consistent increase in his usage, I would probably sit him one more week just to see uh, what that's going to look like for him. Let's talk about Frank Gore. Um, last, last game was the first time all year that he didn't get double-digit carries, and that was due to falling behind and needing to throw the ball quite often. But I think in this game against the Skins team, that's not very good. I think we'll see around 15 to 17 carries. I think he's going to have very good usage. Now in the year, it's 4.4 yards per carry, um, especially when you consider his age is really good, so he's been very effective there. Now, he used to be a great pass catching back. The first six seasons he was in the league, he was great. He was used a lot there. That's not the case with him anymore. He's only got one catch per game on average. So I would uh, sit him in PPR leagues, um, unless you have no other options and you're in a very large league, okay? Um, I would sit him in PPR leagues. In standard leagues, I'd say he's maybe a running back two or three, depending on your size. He's very touchdown dependent. So I would sit him if you're in a league that's 14 teams or under. But if you're in a league that's over 14 teams, then you could, you could play Frank Gore in standard leagues. Uh, John Brown's been solid all year. He did disappoint against a terrible Eagles secondary in this one. He goes out there and has five catches for 54 yards. We expected bigger numbers there, but a lot of that was due to the weather. Uh, they kept having uh, gusting winds around 35 miles an hour. They limited their throws in this one. So I think that you can kind of chalk that one up as just an anomaly, cast that out. He's been pretty consistent. He's their best wide receiver versus Washington now. That gives up the 14th most points to wide receivers. Um, John Brown's been consistent all year long. But in this offense with Josh Allen at quarterback, uh, he doesn't see a lot of targets in this one, um, at least not the type of targets you would typically see for a number one wide receiver. 
So that kind of leaves him as a wide receiver three start. He's got a safe floor, but a lower ceiling. Then you got Cole Beasley. He's had a touchdown in back-to-back -back weeks. Um, but in three weeks in a row, he's only had three catches per game on average for 26 yards. That's not good. It's really hard to trust that production. So this week he's a wide receiver four. I would sit him. Then you got tight end Knox. Um, I would say after a few games that he showed promise, he's really kind of disappeared statistically. Stephen Hush got the kicker. Uh, this time you're in Buffalo. It can get really nasty. The wind, the rain, snow, things like that. Um, so he's a guy that I would lean towards sitting in this matchup. Then you got Bill's defense versus Washington. Give him the six most points to opposing defenses. Uh, four times this year, the Buffalo Bills have had double-digit points in fantasy on defense there. They are a top 10 or top five defense in the NFL. I would definitely start the Bills versus the Skins. All right, thank you for that breakdown, Rob. Now I will be breaking down the Vikings versus the Chiefs. And, you know, last week I had to talk about that Atlanta Falcons game. And really one of my big key notes was whether or not Matt Ryan played, that was going to have a massive impact on the game. This is identical. This is the same situation as last week. Pat Mahomes is the X factor. He is the guy that's going to have the biggest influence on what this game is going to look like. With Pat Mahomes, you got to think the Chiefs are going to win. You got to think that team looks great. Without Pat Mahomes, this game definitely leans towards the defensive running battle that the Vikings look like they very well could and should win. The reason I'm saying this, I think a lot of people are blowing off Pat Mahomes, saying there's no way he'll play this week. But that is very possible. I know that much of last week, the Kansas State Chiefs refused to rule out Pat Mahomes, and it looks to be a similar situation this week. Here's what we know right now. Ian Rappaport came out and said that Pat Mahomes is, quote, very realistic for him to be playing in week 10 versus the Titans. Doesn't sound like he's going to be playing this week versus the Vikings, but it is a possibility. He is currently marked as doubtful, so he has not ruled out. While I don't think that Pat Mahomes will be playing this week, it is a possibility, and I hate to back myself into a corner, so I'm just going to put that out there. There's a very high likelihood that he won't be playing, but it is very possible still. We'll update you guys on Friday. Now, if Matt Moore is in, the Vikings give the 10th fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. I don't think you can play Matt Moore. That defense is very good, and I think both teams will be smart to try to slow the pace and run the ball a lot. You could very much expect that game to look that way. So let's go to the running backs now. Right? If that's going to happen, Kansas City, who do you start from their running back situation? What do you do? <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, we got LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams. Now, both of them are looking to be in a very tough matchup. LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams have to go against the Vikings, give them the fifth fewest fantasy points to running backs. But that's not all we're doing with an absolute mess of a situation. Well, once I was extremely confident in saying that LaShawn McCoy was clearly the more effective back and clearly the lead runner, that doesn't seem to be the case anymore. While LaShawn McCoy has been more of an effective rusher than Damian Williams, Damian Williams keeps his role in the backfield, catching the ball. And as we saw last week, one fumble from LaShawn McCoy, two in the last couple of weeks, they're starting to lean on Damian Williams more. They are not as big of a fan of LaShawn McCoy. They know as everyone does, that you can't lose the turnover battle if you want to win games against good teams. However, Damian Williams is still not a great rusher. LaShawn McCoy, very well. Now, this game could go very heavily towards Damian Williams getting more carries, but I could also see them saying, okay, we've had a week. LaShawn McCoy, we're going to give you the ball again. If you fumble, we're taking you out like we did last week. Uh, but I highly doubt he's going to completely disappear from that game script. So I think a lot of Damian Williams' value still comes in the passing game, which is a major problem against the Vikings. The Vikings have allowed just 3.8 catches per game to opposing running backs. That's not just to one running back per game. That's to the backfield as a whole. So that means every single Kansas City Chiefs running back is, or the Vikings, every running back, every backfield, I should say, that plays the Minnesota Vikings 
that backfield collectively averages 3.8 catches per game. Now, if Damian Williams had four catches, because that's, you know, we'll round up to four. If Damian Williams had four catches, that'd be an okay day. Wouldn't be great. It would be good, not great. Um, but is that enough to make up for the ground game? Is that enough to make, I mean, all in all, what I'm trying to say is, do you really trust either of these guys to start in your lineup? I'm going to say right now, I would avoid the situation if you can in a tough matchup, but many of you will be forced to sit in this situation. I lean towards Damian Williams this week, but not by much. As far as the wide receiver goes, Tyreek Hill. It's a tough matchup, but you still got to start Tyreek Hill. And here's why. Vikings actually give the 12th most fantasy points to wide receivers. He's got three touchdowns in his last three games, and he'll be lining up across from Xavier Rhodes, who the Minnesota Vikings have sort of admitted that they're unhappy with Xavier Rhodes' performances and the fact that we found out they were trying to go out there and trade for Jalen Ramsey. I think it's a situation where it's going to be a good week for him. Sammy Watkins, he's been removed from the injury report list after playing last week. Again, another good matchup. <coughs> Excuse me. He's a guy who apart, now here's the interesting thing, because apart from one good week, apart from week one where he was great, he's been okay. He's had five catches for 50 yards in the game with no score since then. That's basically what he's going to average you. So I lined up from Trey Waynes, who honestly might be the best cornerback on that team right now, is not a great situation. You still have to start him, but lower your expectations. Don't get me wrong. Play him. Don't get cute. Don't try to get smart. I still think he comes in as a wide receiver three or maybe a low wide receiver two. Hardman, Pringle, and Robinson sit all these guys. There's too many weapons. Now that you got your main two receivers back, that is a situation to avoid. Travis Kelsey is a must start, and Harrison Butker, I'd sit. Um, unless Pat Mahomes plays. That offense is going to struggle without Pat Mahomes, and the Vikings give up these sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. I would also sit the Chiefs defense. That was a long, long wrap-up. My apologies. Let's get to the Vikings side of the ball. Kirk Cousins um, plays against the Chiefs, giving up the ninth most fantasy points to wide receivers. They just gave up 305 yards and three touchdowns to Aaron Rodgers, who did it without Devontae Adams and did it with a solid running game there with Aaron Jones. Uh, so I think Kirk Cousins is a good play this week, whether or not Pat Mahomes plays. Of course, he has added value if Mahomes plays, though. Everyone, I think, seems to know that. Dalvin Cook is a must-play. Not only... Uh, is this a great matchup? And he's got nine touchdowns in, so far this season. But get this, the Chiefs have given up seven touchdowns to opposing running backs in just the last three games. They, I mean, Dalvin Cook could probably, looking into this week, seems like the best, like the number one running back this week. He's a must play, but that much is obvious. Adam Thielen, he's got four touchdowns in the last four games. Play him, absolutely play him. Stefan Diggs, you also got to play this guy. He has at least seven catches and 108 yards in four of his last five games. Combine that with an easy matchup is a must play. Kyle Rudolph and Irv Smith, they seem to be splitting roles. Irv Smith looks young and good. Uh, Kyle Rudolph seems to be losing that role. I wouldn't play either of those guys. Seems to be a wash right now. Dan Bailey, I would start him. He's played all right decently, uh, recently, excuse me. He's played decently recently. That is a tongue twister. And this could very well be a good matchup. Pat Mahomes is out and Matt, uh, Matt Moore is in, you could very well see the Vikings running the ball a lot, playing it conservative like they did against the Redskins, although they won't be able to play it nearly as conservative, and kicking a lot of field goals. But um, if that doesn't happen, he still comes in as a medium play. Anyways, and then I would sit the Vikings defense. Uh, Chiefs give the fewest fantasy points to opposing defenses. That seems like an obvious sit to me. But that is my very long and uh, exhausting wrap-up of the Vikings versus the Chiefs, so I will pass it back to Rob for his next game. So the Jets versus the Dolphins. It's another game that's not really exciting to watch here, but uh, we'll have to talk about this. So it's Sam Darnold there in this one. Now, Coach uh, Adam Gay said it looks like Sam Darnold's thumb will play through his injuries. He's got a thumb injury there. 
they really call it the issue. It's like a pain management issue. As long as he can handle the pain, he can play. Sam Darnold came out and said that he uh, should be fine, expects to play in that game. Played in Miami, allowing the fourth most points to quarterbacks. So he's got a great matchup there. But you look at Sam Darnold, he's thrown eight interceptions the last three weeks. Now, Grant was versus some tough defenses. Looks like he's regressed for the year. His quarterback rating is lower this year than it was last year. Right now, it's currently at 66. Last year, he finished a quarterback rating of 77 there. Um, for me, there's too many question marks to really trust Sam Darnold in this one. One, he's got the thumb injury. Um, he's been playing not well. He's been playing bad, in fact. He's a young quarterback that's still learning to that. Now, you add to that one other reason why I think that uh, his value is going to be brought down this game, even though the matchup looks good, is that Miami allows the fourth most points to running back. So I think you're going to see a heavy dose of Le'Veon Bell in this game there. I would say to him, unless you're in daily fantasy and he's a cheap uh, option, or if you're in two quarterback leagues where you have to start somebody. As far as running backs go, Le'Veon Bell, like I said, Miami is allowing a lot of points to running backs. In fact, they have the 31st run defense in the NFL, allowing 160 rushing yards per game. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, who hasn't been great this year, this week, I love him actually. I'm going to use him in daily fantasy. I think he's a low-end running back one. I think he's a great start in this one play, Le'Veon Bell. Uh, wide receiver, Demarius Thomas. Dolphins allow the 10th most points to wide receivers. And we mentioned this in previous videos. That number doesn't sound necessarily horrible, uh, the 10th most points to wide receivers, but it could actually be worse. And here's why. Dolphins have gotten blown out a lot, uh, and teams run on them at will, so they always run the ball. They don't need to throw that ball that much. They're actually uh, worse. That secondary is not very good. And then to make matters worse today, Xavier Howard was placed on the IR, further downgrading that secondary. Um, I would definitely um, consider a guy. So what value does Thomas have? Can he be played? Well, last four weeks, Demarius Thomas averaging four catches, 54 yards, and 6.75 targets per game against a bad Miami defense. I think he has low values, a borderline wide receiver three or four, depending on your league size. I would start Thomas if I was in a 16-team league or larger. Probably sit him if I'm in a smaller league. Once again, it depends on who you have on your bench. There's Jameson Crowder. Minus two games. His targets have been moderate at best. Uh, the addition of Demarius Thomas, once he came back and played after his injury there, has really lowered his value. Even before, he can only really be started as a flex or wide receiver three in PPR leagues that were large size. Um, but now, three wide receivers competing for these targets. Um, it's dropped Crowder's value considerably. He's also a wide receiver that typically his yards and touchdowns simply won't be there. So um, unless another wide receiver like Crowder, or not Crowder, but if another wide receiver like, say, Thomas or Anderson ends up missing time, I wouldn't even consider playing Crowder at this point. And here, Robbie Anderson. Now, um, of the three wide receivers there, if you look at Crowder, Anderson, and Thomas, he's probably got the most upside. He's what I call a hot or cold. He'd be high risk and somewhat uh, moderate reward. Uh, like this one, Thomas, he's in a good matchup. I would say he's a flex or a wide receiver three slash four, depending on your league size and your bench depth. As far as tight end go, uh, Herndon might make it back. We keep waiting for him to come back there and be a boost to a depleted or a thin position at tight end. But when he does come back, I think we need to prove it weak. We need him come back, play, see how he does. I would not even uh, look towards Herndon this week. Uh, sit the kicker, Sam Ficken. As far as the Jets defense go, playing Miami, Miami allows the second most points to defenses. In every game, every opposing defense that had played Miami have scored double-digit fantasy points in this one. So you've got to play the Jets. But here's the thing. The Jets' defense is not as good as some of those other defenses. So play them, but lower your expectations. They're not going to have as big of a game maybe as some other one. But you definitely could play the Jets versus the Miami there. As far as Ryan Fitzpatrick goes, uh, he's a slight upgrade over Josh Rosen. But still not a very good offense at all. They're playing the Jets all in the 15th. Fewest points of quarterbacks. I would sit Ryan in this one. And Mark Walton running back. Jets allowed the eighth most points to running backs. Last two weeks, he dominated backfield carries, but last week he's mostly ineffective in those carries. The one thing that's going to bode well for him in this one is this matchup's considerably better than versus the Steelers. The Steelers' defense is playing a lot better as of late. 
he's a guy that I would stash on my bench with upside, but not somebody that I would trust starting. I would sit unless uh, you're in daily fantasy as a sleeper that is cheap. That's the only way that I would consider playing him this week. You have Devontae Parker. Former first-round pick, hasn't been good, but in PPR league scoring the last four weeks is that double-digit point scored. He's averaging 6.5 targets per game. Now he's playing the Jets along the seventh most points to wide receivers. He's a wide receiver for me that I would say uh, is a wide receiver for in leagues that are 14 teams or smaller. But if you're in 16 teams or larger, I would put him in the wide receiver three category. He could be started as a wide receiver three or a flex play. You got Preston Williams. On the year, he's averaging four catches and 50 yards per game. Um, he's a big physical receiver that's got a huge dynasty value, um, but he's not as safe of a play as Devontae Parker at this point. So I would say that Williams is a wide receiver four. I would sit him. If you have to pick two wide, one of the two wide receivers, I would go with Parker over Williams. I would say that the Dolphins tight ends, their kicker, and their defense in this one. All right, so now I get to break down the Bears versus the Eagles. We got an offense in the Eagles. They've been scoring a lot of points lately, uh, just as a team as a whole, versus the Bears. Haven't been scoring so many points. The offense has struggled. Question this game being, what's going to win out? It's going to be a high-scoring game, a low-scoring game. What are you going to see? Well, A, I think we're going to see a bit of a balance, but I don't think this is going to be – I think it's going to be a bit more of a low-scoring affair. Not very low, but I don't think it's going to be high-scoring, maybe just a little bit below average. And I'm going to talk about that because – we got a team that's been scoring a lot of points versus low points. You know, we always ask the question, what's going to win out when a good defense plays a good offense? In this case, I'm going to say the defense because Carson Wentz, the offense has been good, but it hasn't been great. In fact, Carson Wentz has been very average. Over the last four games, he's averaging just over a touchdown a game in the air. Definitely needs some more effectiveness there. The running game, however, has been actually better than, uh, better than it has been, I guess that's what I'm trying to say over the last few games. Now, the Bears give the ninth most fantasy points to running backs. This could very well be a good day for Jordan Howard, but there is some risk involved, and I think he's mostly a standard league play. Jordan Howard is averaging just five fantasy points per game in games he doesn't score a touchdown. He's 100% touchdown dependent, and when you put him in your lineup, if you put him in your lineup this week, you need to know one thing. You are gambling all in, all your eggs in one basket, all your chips are going into Jordan Howard's scores. Because if Jordan Howard doesn't, he's a major bust for you. However, with a good matchup, that could very well happen this week. Miles Sanders is a bit the opposite. Now, here's what we know right now. The Eagles are expected to be very careful with Miles Sanders, who is banged up with a shoulder this week and not expected to practice too much. However, here's what they said. He won't miss much time, if any. So there is a very good possibility that he doesn't play this week. I'm expecting that he will. But even then, him playing banged up that's not great for all that i'm going to say probably sit miles sanders this week there's just some nerves there there's a little bit of caution there and this could very well mean a great week for jordan howard i would play him but just like i mentioned understand that you are really gambling on a touchdown for him as i mentioned um in the passing game miles sanders has been great let me uh, just read this stat out for you uh, over the last five games the bears have given up eight touchdowns to running backs eight touchdowns in the last five games. So again, this could very well be a great week for Jordan Howard. Probably not so much for Miles Sanders. He does lean very heavily on what he's able to do in the passing game. And again, with that injury, it is a concern. But I'll move on from that situation. Alshon Jeffrey, he's held just six catches in the last two weeks. Now he did it against tough defense. That's the Bills and the Cowboys. Uh, but he does have a tendency to struggle against good defenses particularly good pass defenses, obviously, uh, that the Bears are. They give the fifth fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. I still think you have to play Alshon Jeffrey. Um, I mean, as, as I've always said, do you have three wide receivers? You're in a league where you start three wideouts or possibly even three wideouts and a flex play. You really got three or four options that are better than him. I'm going to say probably not. 
He's much like Jordan Howard, though, where a lot of his value comes in the uh, in the end zone. Deshaun Jackson, we'll do an update um, from Doug Peterson. New Deshaun Jackson struggling with his abdomen. Will return to practice this week. That's great. He's been very limited in time. Sounds like he's going to practice Wednesday. That's all we know right now. So I'll move on from this situation to an even less exciting situation, which is Dallas Godart and Zach Ertz. Now, the Bears give the 10th most fantasy points to tight end, so that's great. But it's a very confusing situation. you got Zach Ertz, who's only scored one touchdown all year. He's been held to four catches total in the last two weeks. That's tough. But he's still Zach Ertz. Do you sit this guy? Like, what are you supposed to do? That's so difficult. Dallas Godert has back-to-back touchdowns and back-to-back games. But other than that, his stats have been pretty much identical to Zach Ertz. It's a very difficult situation. I think both Zach Ertz and Dallas Godert are guys you have to start but with very low expectations. They're not going to be top five fantasy tight ends for you. These guys are going to come in and, well, you know what? I hate to say it. If you drafted Zach Ertz, you're not sitting in a great situation right now. He's barely coming in as a starter, but I would honestly probably play both of them in this matchup. I'm going to take a break here real quick. Sorry about that. I've got a very rough throat right now, but hopping back into it, Jake Elliott, Sit this guy. Bears give the fifth fewest fantasy points to opposing kickers. And the Eagles defense, start them. Over the last four games, they have 18 sacks. They've got seven turnovers and two touchdowns versus the Bears. This is going to be a great matchup. Now we can finally talk about the Bears without, we've been talking about them, but without talking about them, get into this uh, offense and Mitchell Trubisky. Now, Eagles are a great, great team to play. They give up a lot of points. They give, in fact, the 10th most fantasy points to quarterbacks. But Trubisky has been held scoreless in four of his six games this season. Four of his six games, he has failed to have a passing touchdown. Those numbers are so bad that I don't care how good the matchup is, I think you have to avoid playing this guy. David Montgomery, monster day last week. 27 carries, 135 yards, and a touchdown. He was phenomenal. I still don't trust him. Not only do the Eagles give the sixth fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs, that number is not broken. They've played Dalvin Cook. They've played Ezekiel Elliott. They've played stud running backs. And in fact, when they played Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, who, by the way, is arguably the best running back in the NFL right now. They held him to 2.5 yards per carry. The only reason the Vikings won that game was because that passing game was electric. Definitely got to be nervous about a running back. Yeah, again, had a good week. Had a very good week. I own him. I hope he turns out and is phenomenal, but I don't trust him. He comes in as nothing more than a desperate RB2. I would maybe look at your bench, look at some different options, see if you can play another guy. Excuse me. It looks like I lost my place in my notes there but Allen robinson he's a must start three touchdowns in three games eagles give the third most fantasy points to wide receivers you gotta start this guy uh, in fact he's on pace for 92 catches this year i love Allen robinson now taylor gabriel and anthony miller and trey burton all three of those guys sit those guys i trust Allen robinson he's been phenomenal despite that offense struggling these guys they have not been i would sit them and avoid that situation eddie pinero i would sit him he was in a very field goal heavy low scoring match last week Failed to get it done. Things aren't looking great for him, and I would sit the Bears' defense. Sorry for my rough throat, but I will pass it back to Rob, who will hopefully have a better time getting his fantasy information across. Now to the Colts versus Steelers. Start with Jacoby Brissett playing Pittsburgh along the 13th fewest points to quarterbacks there. Now, if you look at that, they haven't faced a lot of good quarterbacks just yet. Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton, Lamar Jackson, who, by the way, has got great legs, very athletic, but still a developing quarterback, for being honest. And Philip Rivers, who Philip Rivers is not, Philip Rivers of the past. Um, and then the other one that they face is Ryan Fitzpatrick. 
Um, the two good quarterbacks they have faced, Russell Wilson and Tom Brady, weeks one and weeks two, they both threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in those games versus them there. Now, since then, uh, Devin Bush has really grown, become a better defensive player. They had that Mika Fitzpatrick to the defensive backfield. Uh, the Steelers are playing good defense right now, but they can be exposed in this one if the right quarterback is playing and he's playing well. Now, Jacoby, after having a, what I would call a really good season, playing well, especially at home, he did have an off week last week versus Denver in that one. But if you look at Denver's got a very tough pass defense. They played very well there, and they slowed him down quite a bit. Yet he still played well enough to get the win, not turn the ball over. I think he's going to rebound this week as a moderate start. Not a great start, but a moderate start. Uh, he's still averaging two touchdown passes per game, and his quarterback range is just under 100. So once again, I think he's a guy that you can play um, if you need to look for quarterback there. So look at uh, running back Marlon Mack. So the Steelers allowing the 10th uh, fewest points to running backs. Um, they haven't allowed a running back to break 100 yards rushing versus them this year. In fact, the best running back, uh, the most yards, was 68 by Matt Breida. Uh, so they've once again very much restricted number one backs in this one. With that said, Marlon Mack is still the, the clear lead back on that team. He's getting 19.7 carries per game. And if we're being honest, most owners, uh, do you have a good enough running back, a running back three on your bench that you can warrant starting while seeing Marlon Mack? I highly doubt it. Most guys out there don't have that. If you do, man, kudos to you. Um, but most of you aren't going to have that, at least not a good enough running back to justify sitting Mack in this one. So I would start him as a low-on running back, too, in this matchup. As far as wide receivers go, T.Y. Hilton, he's only got two catches, 54 yards in the last game. But he did face Chris Harris, which is a very good corner. And so we actually downgraded him last week in our sitting. We said he's a wide receiver, too. That's a low start. Um, for the year, though, he's got five touchdown passes in six games. That's great. I don't think his touchdowns are going to continue. He's not going to finish with uh, 12, 13 touchdowns in the year. So touchdowns might go down, but I guarantee you that his catches and yards will go up. This week's going to be a much better matchup for him there. So I think he's a, a, a mid-range wide receiver to play. I would say all other wide receivers, including Zach Pascal. As far as tight ends go, you got Ebron and Doyle. Stairs allow the ninth most points at tight end, so they can be exposed. Tight ends can score versus Pittsburgh there. You know, if you look at the Colts, they're, they're targeting those two tight ends about 10 times per game. The problem is they split those targets almost in half. They downgrade each other, and that's a concern. Uh, really, one of those needs to get hurt to make the other tight end valuable. They're both really what I would call touchdown dependent. I think it's best that if you sit both of those guys, don't play either one of them. If you had to play them, I would say this. Um, start Ebron and Standards and Doyle and PPR leagues. That's kind of what I would say. Uh, Adam Vinatieri, uh, he has played better. Last week he did miss a field goal and an extra point, but he also hit three field goals, including a game-winning 51-yarder. I was kicking at Heinz Field, and Heinz Field can be tough to kick in, especially this time of year. Now you added that Adam Vinatieri is not having a good year. He's having a little bit of an off year there. Um, you could start him this week, but I think it's not a strong start for him. you got the Colts defense. Well, the Steelers are allowing one sack per game. They're allowing the ninth fewest points to opposing defenses. And if you look at the Colts, that Colts defense is what I would call a middle-of-the-road defense. Not great, not bad. I would sit the Colts defense in this one. I don't think it's a great matchup at all. I would sit them. Let's get Mason Rudolph. Uh, looked decent against the Dolphins. Played pretty well there, but one, it was Miami. So you got to, you know, uh, understand context is key. Now he's going to play the Colts, allowing the 17th fewest points to quarterbacks. The Colts secondary is a little bit banged up. They've had some injuries there. They've been kind of beat up. But still, that Colts defense is considerably better than the Dolphins defense. It's not even really close there. Now, really, that's a team, I would say, is a, uh, a tale of two games. Four quarterbacks versus them. You look at Rivers, Ryan, Mahomes, Watson, threw for over 300 yards. But Mariota, Carr, and Flacco threw for just 172 yards per game. 
basically what it tells you is this good quarterbacks move the ball below average quarterback struggle and that's exactly what the young experience of mason is he's a below average quarterback based on what we're seeing the trend in the numbers he's probably not a great start now he has thrown two touchdown passes in every game except for one but he's throwing under 200 yards per game so uh i would sit him i don't think he's somebody that you could trust versus the colts i would sit mason rudolph uh, James Conner hurt his shoulder in the game there. Um, at this point, it doesn't sound too serious, like maybe a shoulder sprain. He's going to be day-to-day. -day. We'll have to monitor his progress as the week goes on. Uh, if he does play, he's a solid running back one start, although I would say he's a low-end running back one, and the reason why is because of the pre-existing shoulder injury. It could limit his usage. Uh, Jalen Samuels. Samuels is not a good runner, not as good of a runner as James, but he's got great hands. Playing the Colts allowing the eighth fewest points to running backs. Uh, they're solid against the run, the Colts are. So if James Conner sits, I would start Jalen Samuels as a high-end running back two in PPR leagues. Once again, he's got great hands. But in standards, he's a low-end running back two. If James Conner plays, I would sit Jalen Samuels in this one. So as wide receivers go, let's look at Juju Smith-Schuster. Uh, I know everybody's disappointed with him this year. Those guys that drafted him high, disappointed when Ben Roethlisberger went down. But you look at the minus two games. Look at the other five games he's played. Uh, he's been really solid. The other five games, he's averaging 84 passing yards per game or receiving yards, I should say, per game. Um, one of those games that he struggled, Mason was on the bench, and they were down to the third-string quarterback. And those two games that he didn't have great numbers, they were both blowouts. In one game, Steelers were up 24-0 to and 24-3 to early in those games. They ran the ball, and they had no need to throw a lot there. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is going to be just fine. Um, I think he's a guy that you have to play. Unfortunately, if Ben Roethlisberger was still the quarterback, he'd be a weekly wide receiver one play. But with Ben out, I would say this week is a wide receiver two play. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the speedster has become the clear number two wide receiver for Pittsburgh there. Uh, he's a great deep threat. He stretches the field. He's a great dynasty bench stash, but he does carry risk. Uh, in large leagues, he's somebody that you consider playing, but I would say he runs closer to a wide receiver for this week in smaller leagues. Uh, you could start in larger leagues if you don't have more consistent options in him. Once again, he could be hot or cold. You could play him. I think for me, he's more of a wide receiver four. So as tight end Vance McDonald's go, I would sit the production with Ben Roethlisberger. It just hasn't been there. I would sit Vance McDonald. Then you got kicker Boswell. Um, I would lean towards sitting him versus the Colts allowing the 10th fewest points to kickers. Then you got the Steelers defense. They've had double-digit points scored the last five games. They love to bring pressure. Now that Colts offensive line is one of the best in the league. They're very good. Minus the Denver game, they're, al they're allowing basically just over one sack per game. I would start the Steelers in this one. I would start that Steelers defense at home, but I would limit your expectations. All right, now we're going to break down the Titans versus the Panthers, and we'll start off with the uh, Titans, why not, and Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill's been a pleasant surprise for the Titans, and he's been very effective. I'd still sit him this week. He's got a tough defense to play in the Panthers. In fact, a defense in the Panthers that held Deshaun Watson out of the end zone. And let's be honest, Watson has a lot better wide receivers to be throwing to. Ryan Tannehill's been good, but I don't think this is going to be quite the fantasy day for him. I would avoid him. Derrick Henry. Now, plays a team to give the seventh most fantasy points to running backs. That's great. But two of the last three weeks, he has scored less than 10 fantasy points. What you accept, much like what I talked about with Jordan Howard, is that if you start this guy, you are gambling on a touchdown. I think it's standard leagues. You got to play this guy anyways, um, because I don't know if you got a better option than him. But in PPR leagues, take a look at your team, take a look at your roster, maybe see if you have a better option. You may have to play him anyways. Corey Davis, he had a big game when Ryan Tannehill got his first start, but absolutely disappeared last week. He had just nine yards off of two catches versus a bad Buccaneers defense. You definitely have to wonder what's going on there. This is a good matchup for him. But there's definitely some concerns. So for Corey Davis, I would look elsewhere. The exact same thing goes for A.J. Brown. He had two catches for 11 yards. 
it's very confusing. Now, he still did have a touchdown, I believe, last week, but, you know, it's a very difficult situation <clears throat> because, again, you're going to gamble on a touchdown for a guy who just two catches and 11 yards. With both Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, I would look for better wide receiver situations. There's a lot of wide receivers out there. Hopefully, you've got some bench depth. If you had to play one of them, I like Corey Davis over A.J. Brown. Now, Delaney Walker and Jonu Smith. Now, this is a tough matchup against a team to give the ninth fewest fantasy points to their position. But Jonu Smith's been good. Six catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown last week. It's the second straight solid game. However, <coughs> that was with Delaney Walker out. Delaney Walker comes back. It's a situation I would avoid. I would start Jonu Smith as Walker if Walker is out, though. Cody Parquet, start this guy going against a team that gives the ninth most fantasy points to opposing kickers. And he went three for three over the last two weeks. He's three for three on field goal attempts of 40 plus yards. That's two 40, yard, 40 to 50 yarders and a 50 plus field goal he made. So I like him. I'd play him. And I would sit the Titans defense. Come down to a, honestly, a pretty simple situation in the Panthers. Kyle Allen, he's got just three passing touchdowns in the last four games. I would sit him in a tough matchup versus the Titans, giving him the 12th fewest fantasy points to wide receivers. Let's save some time, everyone. Start Christian McCaffrey. If you don't, you're an idiot. <laughs> just going to save some time on that one. DJ Moore. DJ Moore is currently 30th in fantasy wide receiver scoring. And... In the last four games, that number is even worse. In the last four games, he's outside of the top 45. At least he is in my league. Your scoring may be a bit different. But for that reason, combined with a tough matchup, I would avoid starting DJ Moore. He is still the number one wide receiver on that offense, so he can come in as a low wide receiver three for you. But nothing spectacular, nothing great for him. Curtis Samuel, he's like DJ Moore, but even worse, I would sit him this week as well. Greg Olson, he's got just two catches a game over the last four games. He's averaging just two catches a game over the last four games. I said that twice to really let it sink in. That's all you need to know about this guy. Go out and look for another tight end this week. Joey Sly, I would sit him, and I would start the Panthers' defense against the Titans. I don't trust that Titans' offense this week. So really quick wrap-up, but I don't think there's a whole lot of fantasy value in this game. I think it seems pretty straightforward. Two good defenses and two offenses that are less than electric, less than great. That's my wrap-up for this game. I'll pass it back to Rob. Now to the Lions and the Raiders. We'll talk about Matthew Stafford here, playing Olga and the third most points to quarterbacks. Uh, Lions have a struggle running the ball all year, and I think that's great for actually Matthew Stafford's value. Uh, they just continue to stall right in the game. They mean they need to throw the ball more, which they've done more and more frequently. Right now, he's got 16 touchdown passes. They're only seven games on pace to throw for 37 touchdown passes. That's excellent. His yards have been solid this year. In fact, three times this year, over 300 yards passing he's had. Um, Matthew Stafford is a great start this weekend, once again, versus Oakland. I'll need third most points to quarterbacks. Talk about uh, Ty Johnson and that running back situation for Lions. So last week, everybody thought Ty Johnson, he was in one waiver pickup out there. And then Trey Carson ended up getting the start. He carried the ball for a while, but then became ineffective. After that, uh, Ty Johnson took over and he had moderate success. But just like on Johnson, he really struggled to be effective. On the Arizona, got 3.6 yards per carry. That's not that good. I mean, this one, McKissick. A lot of people thought McKissick uh, would get a lot of looks, a lot of uh, targets in the passing game, and that just didn't happen. Now, I do think that his role in the passing game is going to increase. But currently, you need to sit McKissick in this one until we have definitive proof that he can be trusted as a PPR play. Uh, Oakland's in the middle of the pack in terms of points allowed to running backs. Another back that was in the mix there is Paul Perkins. And this is looking more and more like that ugly... Um, dreaded running back by committee. If you had to start a running back for the Lions, it would have to be Ty Johnson at this point, but he's at running back three. If you can avoid those running backs, it's probably best that you do that. 
as far as wide receivers go, you got Kenny Galladay. Um, the team's clear number one wide receiver. He took a step forward this year. He's really stepped up into that almost like elite wide receiver. He's not quite there, but he's very close to being there. He's very good. He's had two quiet games this year, but the other games he's been excellent. He's a low-end wide receiver one in this matchup. You should start him. Oakland allows these six most points to wide receivers. You have Marvin Jones. Stick with the Vikings game. Marvin Jones has been decent, but hardly great. Other three wide receivers there, if you look at Amadola, him, and Kenny Galladay, I would say that he's the least consistent and productive. I would say he's a wide receiver four. I would sit him. Got Danny Amendola. So last week, last week, another good game. Eight catches, 95 yards, and eight targets. For the season, he's had three really good games. He had another game with seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Another game with eight catches, 105 yards. So um, he's had three quiet games, but he also had an injury there that he was kind of dealing with. If you look at what's happening, Matthew Stafford's building report, and very similar to what he had with Golden Tate there, and I think he's going to continue to have a good year there. I would start Danny Amendola as a solid wide receiver three or flex play in this matchup. Got TJ Hawkinson tight end. He's a rookie. Uh, he's a year away from a guy that you could trust sit him this week. And then Matt Prater. Matt Prater's the number two fantasy kicker now in terms of points scored. I would start him. You have Lions defense. The Raiders get the fourth fewest points opposing defense. I would sit the Lions defense in this one. Let's talk about Derek Carr. So you're playing the Lions, give him the seventh most points to quarterbacks in this one. Now, last game, Derek Carr had the best game that he's had this season, 285 yards and three touchdown passes, zero interceptions. His quarterback rating of 103, um, that's seventh bet this year among quarterbacks. Once again, he's got a very good quarterback rating there. But that trend that's happening right now, the good quarterback rating, the improvement we're seeing there, that's not an accident. If you go back to last year, the second half of last year, he was playing a lot better. In fact, uh, you know, as, Jig, or as Gruden has really worked with him, John Gruden, um, you can see the improvement that Derek Carr is making in that offense. Last year, he had a career-best completion percentage of his at 68.9, and currently, right now, his completion percentage is at 72.1. That's number one in the NFL tied with Kurt Cousins. Getting Tyrell Williams back last week was a huge boost for him. So for the most part this year, I would say stay away from Derek Carr, but this is a solid matchup. I would start Derek Carr. If you need a quarterback, you can play him, and I think you can feel very confident in this game. Look at Josh Jacobs. The Lions give up the most points to running backs. And uh, Jacobs has been excellent this year. He's on pace for over 1,400 rushing yards. And his 5.0 yards per carry have been very, very good. He might miss some practice time this week due to that shoulder injury he had last week, but played through it. He should be fine. He should be playing. Start him as a solid running back one in this one. Look at wide receivers. The Lions give up the eighth most points to wide receivers. Look at Hunter Renfro. Some people might think, okay, should I play him? Last week, he had 88 yards and a touchdown, but it was only four targets. Uh, that's not good. Before last week, he had averaged... Um, 4.3 targets per game, 2.3 catches per game, and only 19 yards per game with zero touchdowns. Um, he's got some sleeper appeal, but he's full of risk. Right now, if you look at that offense, the number one and number two options as far as passing goes, Williams and Waller. And then you add to that Jacobs carries, um, his touches are going to always be lower, I would sit Hunter. Then Tyrell Williams. Five games played, five touchdowns. He's been really good there. Now, the downside of Williams' game is just not getting enough targets there, and that's keeping him on what I would call the wide receiver one conversation or the uh, what I would call high-end wide receiver two conversation. But in this one, I would start him as a um, mid-range wide receiver two play. You have tight end Darren Waller, the rookie tight end. Now, normally rookie tight ends just don't do well statistically, but this guy is bucking all the trends. He's been amazing. Darren Waller right now, the rookie, is number two in catches among tight ends, number three in yards. Start that stud tight end. Doesn't matter. you got to play him. Got kicker Daniel Carlson. I would sit. Uh, the production simply hasn't been there. He's never hit double-digit points this year. His high watermark for points is seven, um, which he's reached four weeks in a row. Um, he's a decent but not a great start. You have the Raider defense. Um, they're right now 29th in fantasy scoring. Sit the Raiders defense. They don't have any value there.
All right, now I get to break down the Buccaneers versus Seattle Seahawks. Let's start off with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson, one of the front runners for MVP, playing one of the worst defenses in the NFL. Bucks giving up the eighth most fantasy points to QBs. That is a must-start situation. And you know what I think so is Chris Carson. It's funny, I'm in a PPR league, and I was looking at some numbers in that league, seeing who are the top running backs. In a PPR league, mind you, he is eighth. Chris Carson is eighth in fantasy running back scoring. He is so great. You've got to start this guy. Tyler Lockett, again, with the way his quarterback's been playing, the, just how effective he has been in seemingly every time he gets targeted, Lockett does something good with it. You got to start this guy. The Bucks give up the second most fantasy points to opposing wideouts. D, DK Metcalf, another wideout you got to start. Now, last week he had just three catches, excuse me, for 13 yards. But of those three catches, two of them were in the end zone, found two touchdowns. He was very effective. So I'd play DK Metcalf in another week where it's just a great matchup. Capitalize on the matchup. This guy is a good possession-wide receiver. Play him for sure. I would sit all Seattle tight ends, and I would start kicker Jason Myers. As far as the defense goes, I would start. The Bucks have 11 turnovers in the last two games. That seems like a great situation, a recipe for disaster on the Buccaneers' side. Jameis Winston, he's averaging almost 30 fantasy points per game since week three. We've talked about this in the past here on this channel. I would start Jameis Winston. You're probably sitting here thinking Jameis Winston's a crappy quarterback, and you'd be right. But in the end, it doesn't matter. Because the worst, it's a funny situation. The worse he plays and the more interceptions he throws, the more he has to throw the ball to stay in the game, the more fantasy numbers he gets. Just a couple of weeks ago when he had that five interception game, I started him, and people were mocking me. But he still had me 25 fantasy points. He still had a great day. At some point, Jameis Winston will lose his job. He will. And, of course, you can't start him then. But until that happens, the numbers have been there because he's got some great wide receivers, a bad defense, and no running game. That's a perfect situation. Speaking of no running game, I would sit both Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones Jr. I just, no, just production's been bad. I'm not going to dive into it. I'm not going to talk about how awful they've been. It's a pretty simple conversation. If you have to play them, let's talk about it. Maybe you got some better options, but I'm going to say stay away from that. Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, you got to start both these guys. Mike Evans has six touchdowns in the last five games. Chris Godwin has at least 120 yards in four of his last six. Plus, in that same six-game stretch, he's got five touchdowns. They are both must-start wide receivers. We'll save ourselves some time. O.J. Howard has been a disappointment this year. That trend has continued all year long. you got to sit him. I would start their kicker, Matt Gay. He's really capitalized on that offense, and I would sit the Bucks defense. Again, that was another really quick wrap-up for this game. I think this game was pretty straightforward. It's what we're looking at for fantasy value, but Bucks versus Seahawks, that is hopefully everything you need to know. If you have any comments or questions, leave it down in the comment section below, and we can talk some more about it. But I will pass it back to Rob. That's my final game. Another game that's not really exciting out there, but i got to talk about I think Christian got all the good games this week. Anyways... Browns versus the Broncos. Start with Baker Mayfield. The rookie sensation has been far from that sophomore year. He's been struggling quite a bit. This week he plays Denver Broncos alone. He third fewest points to quarterbacks there. Currently he's 32nd in quarterback fantasy points per game scored. Baker Mayfield has not been good. You need to sit him. Let's look at that running back Nick Chubb. Right now he's got the uh, pro football focus as rating him as the third running back as far as rating goes. Behind Delvin Cook and number one, Josh Jacobs, right? Who ever suspected that? He's third in rushing yards. Right now, he's six in yards after contact amongst running backs after last year he was first. He's a stud running back. Go ahead and start him every week. Let's go wide receiver Odell Beckham. Um, so he's Odell Beckham. So, you know, that's one thing we can never forget. Uh, the guy's got a lot of talent. He's seen 8.7 targets per game. He's way too talented to sit. 
He's going to see a lot of cornerback Chris Harris in this one, so that's concerning also. And with Baker Mayfield struggling, you're going to have to downgrade him. Now, normally, Odell Beckham is a, a stud top five wide receiver one every week. But right now, because of those things that are happening, who they're playing, you look at Baker Mayfield's struggles, he's what I would call a wide receiver two start in this one. Playing Denver along the fewest points to wide receivers. Teddy and Ricky Seals-Jones had zero targets last week. Go ahead and sit him. Austin Sieber, kicker, sit him. Now, the Browns defense, with Flacco out, Okay, Brandon Allen's going to get his first start ever. Brandon Allen, you know, uh, most of you never heard of this guy, right? The Browns are a must-start versus Denver, allowing the 10th most points to opposing defense. Start the Browns' defense in this game. Let's get uh, the Denver Broncos now. Start with uh, Brandon Allen getting the start with Flacco being out. So uh, the Denver offense, one, is not good to begin with. Manuel Sanders is gone, and he's never started a game before. So the sixth-round pick from 2016 is a guy that you need to sit. Don't even think about it. So as the running backs go for Denver, we got Freeman and Lindsey. So the Broncos love to run the ball with Lindsey and Freeman. The downside is they almost split the carries in half, and they downgrade each other's value in this one. Now, they're playing the Browns, giving the fifth most points to running backs. And currently, the Browns are 29th in run defense. So I think what Denver's going to do in this game is they're going to run the ball early and often try to take pressure off that young quarterback in his first start. I won't be surprised if both those running backs end up getting about uh, 14 to 15 carries each, plus some targets in the passing game. Here's the downside. If I'm the Browns defensive coordinator, I'm going to load the box and force him to beat me throwing the ball there. So it could be difficult. The earth will carry could be there, but I still think those guys will have good volume play. Now, in the last two games, uh, Freeman, Royce Freeman has actually gotten the goal line carries, although they've used Philip Lindsay in that role also there. I'd say both those backs, um, because they're high volume, maybe they won't be as efficient, but they'll get high volume in this game, would be what I would call running back three or flex plays. Corlin Sutton. He's been uh, really good. Even with Joe Flacco throwing the ball, he's had good numbers. 7.5 targets per game, 80 yards receiving per game. He's on pace for over uh, 1,200 yards on the season. But with Allen starting, this game could be a nightmare. And so um, at this point, he's a very low-end wide receiver three. Um, if you can sit him, if you have a better option, I would sit him. Uh, if you have to play him, you need to very much lower your expectations. I would sit tight end Fant in this one. I would sit kicker Mechanis. And then you look at the Broncos' defense. Um, the Broncos defense versus the Browns. The Browns offensive line is porous. They allow the third most points opposing defenses. Now, Denver started the year slow. In the first three games, they had zero sacks. But in the last four games, they've had sack totals of four, seven, and five. I would start them in this one. All right, let's talk Packers-Chargers, two teams who have been on just going in opposite directions. The Packers seemingly get better every week. The Chargers... Less so. But we'll talk about the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, who's averaging over 300 yards and three touchdowns over the last three games. He's a must-start in this matchup. So is Aaron Jones. Now, Aaron Jones did leave last game with a shoulder injury, but he did return and finished with 226 total yards and two touchdowns on the day. He is another must-start. Jamal Williams, as his backup, I wouldn't start him. This is Aaron Jones's offense. Even banged up, which he clearly is not. He wouldn't have returned to that game if he was banged up. He's been phenomenal. I would sit Jamal Williams. That is Aaron Jones's offense right now. Devontae Adams, he has been upgraded to questionable this week. Last week, he was doubtful. Still isn't likely to play. I will update you on Friday, but you guys know how it is. If Devontae Adams plays, start the guy. He is so good. Move on now to their other wide receivers. Alan Lazard, <coughs> excuse me. Rob has talked about how effective he has been. He has been great. Um, he's been good. Here's what I would say right now. He comes in as a wide receiver three for me right now. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in him. I don't absolutely love him, but at some point he will become the clear-cut number two wide receiver on that offense. And he's got such good upside. Finally, you wrap up the fact that Devontae Adams probably won't be playing. 
I think you got to play this guy this week, but you have to play him understanding that there is some risk involved. And in fantasy, that's the way it goes. They always say you got to risk it for the biscuit. Alan Lazard is, I mean, just the pinnacle of that situation right now. Play him, but understand that you're definitely putting a little risk in there. Marcus Veldes-Scantling and Geronimo Allison, I would absolutely sit those guys. I just, I would completely, to be honest with you, the way that running game has been going, how they've really both been demoted behind Lazard. And of course, if Devontae Adams plays, that situation gets even worse. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham, he's a low-end start if Devontae Adams is out. His targets have been increased since Adams has been out. Um, otherwise, I would sit him if Devontae Adams plays, but I still don't have huge expectations for him. Mason Crosby, playing in a great offense. You got to start Mason Crosby. Really going to capitalize on that. And I would sit the Packers' defense. Uh, the Titans and the Bears were the last two defenses to play the Chargers. They combined for just eight fantasy points. Clearly, the Chargers are not a great offense, but they're not turning the ball over a lot. They're not allowing a lot of fantasy points, even to those good defenses. But we'll flip sides now to the Chargers, talking about Phillip Rivers. He comes in as a low-end start simply because I think the Packers are going to score a lot of points. I think the Chargers' defense is less than good. I think it's a bad defense. I think the Packers are going to score a lot of points, and that's going to force Phillip Rivers to throw the ball a lot, who, by the way, he's got a lot of great options. You got Keenan Allen, you got Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, Austin Eckler. I think he could have an okay fantasy day. I don't love him, but I don't hate him. I think you should play him as probably a wide receiver 8 to 12 range. Melvin Gordon, he's got back-to-back -back games with touchdowns. Last week was his first rushing touchdown of the season, and the Packers give up the 10th most fantasy points to opposing running backs. For me, he comes in as a low running back too, and here's why. His production hasn't been great. There's been trade rumors. His yards per carry hasn't been great. But when you break it down that this guy hasn't played all year, and his first four games back are against Denver, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, and Chicago, that is a tough lineup of run defenses to face. I'm not surprised his production hasn't been there. Are you surprised? I don't think you should be surprised. I think he's going to get better every week. This may be his best matchup so far this season. And you know what? He has really resumed his role as the lead runner in that back. I said it going into last week, and I was perfectly accurate. I was fine saying that I was completely right and that Melvin Gordon is the standard league start. Austin Eckler is the PPR start. It's really interesting because Austin Eckler, um, he's at 10 rushing yards combined over the last two weeks. He's just not being used in the ground game now. You can still play him in PPR leagues with a little bit of risk and understand that he's not going to be an elite running back, but he is playable PPR. Definitely going to want to sit him, though, in standard. As far as the wide receivers go, let's keep this simple. Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry, those three guys, start them all. They have been great this year. Hunter Henry um, has been phenomenal tight end. Keenan Allen has been a great wideout. Mike Williams, not as good, but he still comes in as a wide receiver three, at least from my opinion. Chase McLaughlin, the Chargers kicker, I would sit him and I would sit the Chargers defense. I'm not a huge fan of a lot of that team right now, but I think if I am right, which I really, obviously I think I'm going to be right, I think the Packers will score a lot of points. And in the passing game, at least, the Chargers are going to have a lot of fantasy effectiveness. Um, so that's an interesting situation. I want to know what you guys have to say on the Melvin Gordon, Austin Eckler situation. Um, definitely a lot of concerns. They're definitely a bit confusing, but I don't think it's so bad that you can't play them. So I'll pass it back to Rob now, and then I'll be back at later on for my next game. All right, guys, I am back. Sounds like I'm going to be uh, changing plans. I'll be taking over Rob's last game for this week, which is the Ravens versus the Patriots. It's going to be an interesting game. I got a question for you guys. Right now, the Patriots are undefeated, but the Ravens might be the toughest team they have played all year. 
Does this game turn out to be the first loss of the season for the Patriots? After all, the Ravens did just go in, I believe, go into Seattle and beat the Seahawks. Could be wrong on that, but they certainly for sure beat Seattle. Anyways, uh, not a fancy uh, thing, but just want to know what you guys had to say on that. So let's talk about it. Tom Brady and the Patriots. You got to start this guy. Ravens defense is good. Maybe the best defense he's played all year, but he's got phenomenal weapons. You can't argue with his production. It's a situation I still think you have to play him, even though it's a tough matchup. Is he matchup proof? No, I wouldn't say anyone's ever matchup proof, but I don't think this matchup is so tough you can't play him with those great weapons. You got to start Sony Michelle. Rams give up the seventh fewest fantasy points to running backs. Yes, but he is a touchdown machine. They just keep feeding him near the goal line. Sony Michelle in standard leagues is a great, great play. Not an amazing play in PPR leagues, but should still probably be played. James White, he's averaging just nine rushing yards a game. In standard leagues, he is a must-sit. In PPR leagues, even then I want to sit him. I really do. It's funny because you know being able to receive, get the ball to the backfield, that's great. In PPR leagues, that's a huge boost. But you still have to be able to run the ball. You still have to keep yourself effective. People are asking a lot of questions like, well, if James White's so great in the passing game, why isn't he getting the touchdowns? And that's just the fact of the matter. When you get to the one-yard line, you just give it to the runner. Like I don't care what your running backs look like, what your backfield is. You just give it to the runner. You ground and pound. As complex as NFL schemes are, when it gets down to the one-yard line, it's kind of just biggest man wins. Um, that's not always true, but in the majority of the time, it turns out to be true. Most weeks, it turns out to be true. And at the end of the season, if you continue to play that philosophy, you will be right the majority of the time. Julian Edelman, he is a must-start. Mohamed Sanu, I'm going to say sit, wait another week on him. Last week, he had five targets, two catches, and 23 yards. Not terrible, not great. I need to see some more production from him. Not only is that not a great week, and there are some nerves as to how well he's going to play in that offense, but this is a tough matchup this week. All other Patriots wide receivers, I would sit. I, this goes back to what I said before. This is a tough matchup, maybe the toughest matchup they've had all season long. And you combine the fact they just add Muhammad Sanu. They're a run first team. I mean, there's a lot of question marks this game as far as what this is going to look like. They've had some guys like Philip Dorsett, Kobe Myers. There's a lot of concern there, right? As far as how this ball is going to be spread out, I would avoid that situation if possible. Some of you are going to take a gamble and you may hit a home run and good for you, but I think the gamble and the risk is too high for me, especially at the wide receiver position where I feel like no matter what happens that week, I can always find a good option. Move on now to the Patriots tight ends. I would sit them in the, they actually just released their kicker, Mike Nugent. Um, I actually don't know at this current moment who's going to be their starting kicker this week, but it doesn't matter. If you've never seen this guy kick before for this roster, how can you really trust him? Sit all Patriots kickers, whoever that may be, and start the Patriots defense. I'm a little bit nervous for the Ravens this week. Lamar Jackson goes against the Patriots, giving the fewest fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. That's already bad enough, but Lamar Jackson has one passing touchdown in the last three weeks. That is awful fantasy production. That is awful football production. And you combine that with a tough matchup, this is going to be a very bad week for him, or it could be. Uh, I don't think he's going to be absolutely horrendous. They're a very well-coached team. I think this could very well be a close game, but I don't trust his fantasy value. Mark Ingram is a guy you got to start. Again, this is a tough matchup, but you have a better running back than Mark Ingram. I really don't think so. You got to play him. Marquez Brown and Willie Sneed, I would sit both of these guys. Patriots give it the fewest fantasy points. Two opposing wide receivers, too many question marks, too much concerns, and the play of their quarterback makes me nervous. Mark Andrews is a start. I just talked about how nervous I am with that passing game that I wouldn't start the quarterback or the wide receivers. So why am I saying start the tight end? A few reasons for that. One, 
Mark Andrews has been more productive than Marquez Brown or Willie Sneed. He's been the most productive guy in the passing game for this offense. Combine that with the fact that he's a tight end. So even if that offense is struggling, even if the defense is getting pressure and Lamar Jackson's throwing picks, he's going to at least get checked down throws. Finally, you combine the fact that I think the Patriots could score a lot of points, at least will score a decent amount of points. They're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit, and he's going to go to his number one target. Justin Tucker, I think he's a low-end start this week. He's not great, but he's probably got the best leg in the NFL, one of the best kickers in the NFL. You have to play him. He's so good that it's very hard for me to say sit him, especially the kicker position where 95% of you guys, you're not going to spend a half an hour looking through kickers in your free agent wire, waiver wire. Nobody wants to do that. Just play the dude. Don't get too fancy with it, and I would sit the Ravens defense. That is my roundup for this game. Let's get to our final game of week nine. All right, this week uh, we get to break down the final game, Cowboys versus Giants. Let's start off with the Cowboys and Dak Prescott. Giants give up the 13th most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. Sounds great, but Dak Prescott is averaging less than a touchdown a game over the last four games. Note that four games is basically a quarter of an NFL season. In fact, I retract that. It is not basically, it is a quarter of an NFL season. And so I think Dak Prescott's a quarterback you might want to avoid this week. Even if he breaks that trend, even if he capitalizes on the good matchup and breaks that trend, I still don't see him throwing three or four touchdowns. I think this is a guy who's probably going to get you two touchdowns this week. That's what I'm expecting. So for me, he comes in as a guy who could be an okay play or a bad play. He doesn't have a whole lot of upside because playing the Giants, you don't need this guy to throw 300 yards and four touchdowns. You just don't. The Giants team is quite honestly bad. That and the fact that you lean in on Ezekiel Elliott... I'm going to say sit Dak Prescott this week if you can. Hopefully you've got some better quarterback options. I certainly think that there are. Maybe it's just me, but every league I'm in, I stream quarterbacks every week, and it works out just fine. Zeke Elliott, he is a must-start. Amari Cooper, you also got to start this guy. Now, again, I'm going to say sit Dak Prescott, and I think he doesn't have a— and for the reason that—the reason I'm saying that is, like I said— he doesn't have huge upside, but he's got low downside. He could very well have an average week and be an okay quarterback, and that's sort of what I'm expecting. But no matter how this game plays out, I don't think it's going to be with him throwing 350 yards and four touchdowns. And so for that reason, are you going to start a risky QB with no upside? No. But then you come to the wide receivers. Are you really going to sit Amari Cooper? Dak Prescott could have a medium day, just an average day, 250 yards and two touchdowns. Could very well happen. Cooper could still be absolutely fine. That's sort of what I'm um, expecting, although I know that when I say start a wideout, sit the quarterback, people always give me pushback on that. Um, but it seems to be that trend a lot, a lot of weeks where wide receiver does fine, but it's just not enough for the quarterback to have a good day. Michael Gallup, for me, comes in as a low-end wide receiver three play. I don't love him. He's very limited by the play of Dak Prescott, but I still think you have to play him. He's been very effective and had some huge, huge games this season. For me, he comes in as a low wide receiver three play. He's going to get some targets. He's going to be a safe pick. If you want to pick with – if you're looking at – maybe you're playing the number one team in the league right now and you got a tough matchup – Maybe you go with a riskier guy than Michael Gallup because for me, he comes in as a safer play. But we'll move on now with Jason Witten. He's a decent plug-and-play, but nothing more. I would look around for your tight ends options and play him if you have to. Brett Maher is a guy you got to start. So is the Cowboys defense. I just don't trust Daniel Jones. Other than maybe two good games, he has been pretty bad this year. I would sit Daniel Jones. That Cowboys pass defense is above average, and I think that they could very well have a good day against Daniel Jones. So come on, Barkley, you got to start this guy. You absolutely do. He's Barkley. He's like one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's phenomenal. Um, Sterling Shepard. 
If Sterling Shepard plays, you got to start him. I'll update you on Friday as to whether or not he'll be playing. At this point, we really don't know. Golden Tate, start. This guy's going to get a lot of targets. He's going to get the ball thrown away his lot and I, uh, his way a lot, excuse me. And I could very well see them being down by a lot of points, needing to throw the ball a lot. That at least seemingly has been the trend for the Giants this year. Darius Slayton, he is very risky. If if Sterling Shepard is out and you want to take a gamble for a home run and you're willing to strike out, Darius Slayton's the guy to go with it. Now, if Sterling Shepard plays, just don't play Slayton. Just don't do it. But if Shepard is out and you are willing to strike out and take the risk of possibly having a huge day from a wide receiver at plug-and-play or maybe daily fantasy, Slayton might be the guy to go to there. As far as the tight ends go, Evan Ingram, you got to play this guy absolutely. Duh. I mean, seriously, come on, guys. Aldrich Rosas, I would sit him, and I would sit the Giants defense. That is not only my wrap-up for the Giants versus Cowboys. That is it for the video. That is everything that you guys need to know. Straightforward and simple. Hopefully no added information. Hopefully um, not too much. This is sort of a long video, but as always, guys, thank you so much for your support. You guys have been phenomenal. If you're new to the channel, hit consider hitting that subscribe button so you can get more content every week we post waiver wire start sit and an injury update video so we can get you all the information that you're going to need to win your fantasy league as always guys god bless and you have a great day